Welcome to Diabetes Unplugged. Welcome back to Diabetes Unplugged, the podcast where we shine light on life beyond the diagnosis and dare to redefine the way that we approach diabetes wellness. I am your host, Medina Henry. I'm so happy to have you here. Now, usually I say that I'm really excited (laughs) about whatever episode I recorded, but if I can be honest with you right now, I cannot say that excitement is something that I am feeling right now. Instead, I feel really, really nervous. This morning I woke up and I've been having this episode on my mind for a while now. Like it's just been like pulling and tugging at my heart for at least the last like two weeks, not even kidding. And it was to the point where I have not been able to record anything else Because this has just been on the forefront and it's almost like my spirit is like, girl, I'm blocking everything else that you try to do as far as diabetes unplugged until you get this out and share this truth, right? So that's where I'm at right now. And this morning when I woke up, I just felt different. And I was just like, man, like I got up, I got my son ready for school, dropped him off, all that kind of stuff. And then I went through like the Starbucks line and got me a white chocolate mocha that was fire. And then I was like, I felt like super compelled to go to the park this morning and just like sit in some nature and ground myself, look at some water. Like that's just a very peaceful and grounding place for me. And I just needed to like breathe and really center myself because I was like, today is the day that I am recording this episode. Like I got to do it. And so I kind of want to just start from the beginning as usual. I often say that in the pursuit of reversing diabetes, what we are really doing is embarking on a profound journey that intertwines with the transformative path of radical self-love. And it's a journey back to the essence of who we are before compromise became our norm. So diabetes in a lot of ways serves as sort of like a mirror. And this mirror sort of reflects the areas of our lives where self-love was neglected, if I can be honest, right? And so to reverse this condition, it's not just a physical feat, but it's a radical act of self-discovery through unfiltered, Honesty. Like you guys have probably heard me say in a lot of a little, many episodes up until this point, radical honesty. And so, with that being said, while I personally am not on the path to reversing diabetes myself, I am sort of on the opposite end where I have the honor of being able to teach people how to reverse diabetes themselves. What I am on is a radical journey of self-discovery and self-love. And so in today's episode, I wanted to get really vulnerable and raw as I talk with you about the five things that I have learned on my healing journey by ending my 13-year relationship. And the reason why I wanted to share this on Diabetes Unplugged is because number one, 
like I said, I'm on a journey right along with y'all. Okay. That that's just the honest truth. But two, diabetes unplugged is about going beyond the surface of the diabetes diagnosis. It's about diving into the layers of life that extend beyond the medical condition and instead sort of spotlight the multifaceted aspects of existence that often remain in the shadows. And this platform is sort of what I like to call the beacon of light that illuminates the nuanced realities and the struggles and the triumphs and ultimately the full spectrum of life experiences that coexist with diabetes. And so by sharing you know, the vulnerable aspects of my personal journey, including the challenges and triumphs that surround my marriage, it sort of draws a parallel to the intricate dance between personal triumphs and behaviors that hinder progress. And so sometimes we're battling things on a personal front and it causes us to continue to neglect what we know we need to do for ourselves. And a lot of times, that's what keeps us stuck in many situations that we are so desperate to get out of. And so I want to kind of start from where that all shifted for me. So a little bit of context. I had been with my previous partner, my now ex-partner, for a total of 13 years. And we were together, you know, for five years and, you know, married for seven, eight yeah, married for eight. And we honestly, I don't want to speak for him, but I will say I honestly reached the point in this relationship where I had recognized that it was just no longer serving me. When I sat down and I looked around and I kind of brought awareness to my everyday life and how I was just kind of going through the motions. And over time, it had just become extremely mundane. It was like I'd wake up every morning and I was just doing the same thing. And it was this constant over and over again. But I was, I had reached a point where I stopped feeling fulfilled and I felt like my growth was being stunted. And I felt also not only was my my growth as an individual being stunted, but I also felt as though I was stunting his growth. And so it had kind of gotten to the point where we had become really great roommates. And we did it because it wasn't just he and I that we had to consider, but we also have a son together. And it's like how even though we can clearly see that we have reached this place where we had just honestly just outgrew each other. There was no, you know, infidelity. There was no, you know, none of this. There there was no abuse. There was no none of that stuff. It was that we had just outgrown each other. That's the point that we had gotten to. But it became, you know, how do we get to this point where It is evident that we are no longer happy, that the dynamic of our relationship is clearly not what it once was, 
but it's not progressing to where each of us truly desire for it to be. But how do you navigate that when you have a son involved who looks at his parents as the cream of the crop? You know what I mean? The best thing since sliced bread. Like we are his pride and joy, his everything, and especially the way that we've chosen to raise him. We are the only reality that this little boy knows. And so you get to this point where you're just like, well, we're just going to continue to go through the motions because our son is happy. You know, our son is waking up happy every day. Our son, you know, sees both of his parents together. And we both, you know, my ex and I come from, both of us come from backgrounds where, you know, I don't want to say broken homes. Like that just doesn't sit right with me. I won't say we come from broken homes, but we do both come from dynamics where our parents were not together. And so obviously when you come from that, you want to provide that stability and that two-parent loving household for your children. And that's where we found ourselves kind of stuck in, where we were going, you know, for years at a time, just remaining in this roommate dynamic because we had a son together. But after a while, it had gotten to a place where we're, we're big on energy. We're very, very big on energy. And so it got into a place after a while where our son, even though he's only seven years old, our son is extremely intuitive, extremely intuitive. He's aware of his energy. He's aware of other people's energy. He has started to feel the energy between his dad and I. We were no longer being affectionate. We kind of, again, we're kind of going through the motions. We weren't you know, there was no hugs, there was no kisses, there was no, there wasn't that love there anymore. And it started to affect our son where he was aware that something was going on, but he's seven, so he couldn't put it into words. And that is where it was kind of like, all right, one of us has to have the courage to be radically honest about where we are in our relationship right now and radically honest about the fact that we are just no longer growing together. We are at a standstill and we can choose to continue to be at this standstill or one of us has to take the initiative to be like, you know what? It's time for us to go our separate ways and figure out what that dynamic looks like. And so I had to be the person that did that. And so one of the very first things that I have learned on this journey of healing and that I am learning now is that the thing that you are most afraid to do is the thing that is going to change the entire trajectory of your life of your entire life. Embracing what scares us often leads to that transformative breakthrough, right? It's by stepping into discomfort. That's usually the catalyst for growth and unlocking new possibilities and altering the course of our lives. And so for me, if you had told me once upon a time that I would get to a place in my life where I am going to have to make the decision to literally tear my family apart 
in order to get to my next level of growth and success and opportunity and happiness, ultimate happiness. I would have been like, you crazy. There's absolutely no, I, there's no way that I could intentionally, I won't even say intentionally, but there's no way that I could hurt someone that deeply for my own satisfaction. Like that's how I, how I viewed it once upon a time. But now that I'm in it and I've lived it, I recognize that when I got to the point where I was getting numb, I felt numb to everything that was happening around me. And not only was I feeling numb, but I was feeling extremely unhappy. I was just so unhappy. I noticed that my anxiety and my stress was through the roof. My energy was so dark and negative and it was really bad. And I realized when I got to that place, I was just like, something has to give. Something has to give. And it's crazy because what what's crazy is I saw a reel um, literally just recently where I saw a reel on Instagram and she was like, how do you know? that you're ready to go to the next level? How do you know when spirit or God or the divine or most high, whatever you refer to it as, is calling you to go to the next level? How do you know when you're ready for that? And she said, I have found that the way I know I'm ready or being called to go to the next level is when the things that I used to be comfortable with, I wake up one morning and they now frustrate me. I hope I said that right. She said, the, the way that you know you're ready to go to the next level is when you wake up one morning and the things that you used to be comfortable with are now very frustrating for you. And that's the, in so many words, the point that I had reached. I had become entirely frustrated with being a partner, having to communicate, having to compromise, having to, you know, consider having to be a mom. Like I had become extremely frustrated with all of it to where I was just done. I was done. And I knew in that moment that I was being called to go to the next level. But in, in order for me to do that, I needed to cut the cord. I needed to cut the cord. And sometimes we find ourselves and we get to the place where we are being called to cut the cord and we know what we need to do, but it's the fear of the unknown that keeps us from doing that. In my relationship, I was comfortable. I was very comfortable. I was very frustrated, but I was comfortable because that was familiar to me. That's all I know. For 13 years, all I know is you and how we operate and how we raise our kid and how we live our life. That's all I know. I don't know life beyond you. I got with my partner at the time when I was 18 years old. So from 18 to 31, that's all I know. I, I don't know nothing outside of this person. You know what I'm saying? And so, but when I thought about what I truly wanted for my life and I saw how miserable I was and I got to the point where I'm just like, there has got to be another way. There's got to be something better than this. This cannot be where I'm meant to be for the rest of my life. I had to cut that cord. I had to choose 
it was like red pill, blue pill, <laughs> like red pill. You can stay here and you can, you know, because of this codependent relationship and this comfort and all that, you can stay here and be comfortable, but you can also be miserable. At least you know what to expect. Or you could take the blue pill and you can unlock <laughs> a new reality and ultimate happiness and new possibilities and all growth and all these kinds of things, success that you ultimately want in your life. And I'm not saying that that my ex was responsible for me not being happy because I truly believe that happiness is an inside job. But that's another thing that I was learning is that I put a lot of pressure on him in so many ways for my happiness. I made him responsible for my happiness. And I defined my happiness based on what he was or was not doing instead of putting the mirror, turning the mirror to myself and saying, no, there are things that you are doing or not doing or things that you are choosing that is keeping you in this place of unhappiness. Ooh, that's really heavy. That's really heavy. So, Wow. <laughs> it was by taking ownership of my own unhappiness and recognizing. And, and I didn't learn that until after I had ended our relationship. As I'm going through this self-discovery journey that it wasn't all him. There was a lot of aspects that were me and what I was choosing and my avoidance of certain things that got us to that point as well. Damn. Nice heavy. Damn. But I did it. Um, I had to have a very hard and honest conversation with this man for both of us because I no longer wanted to, again, be in a situation that I was unhappy with but I also was desperate for change and growth and the level of success that I knew I was capable of doing. And it's really hard when you get in a relationship with someone and you're saying, hey, I need time and space to grow and really come into myself and figure out who I am and all these kinds of things. You, you, you co-mingle everything when you get into a relationship with someone. Their friends become your friends. And their habits become your habits. And you do all the things together and you stop you know, doing things for yourself. And then you add a baby on top of that and you're just like, okay, now I'm a mom. And you you sacrifice a lot of yourself. I sacrificed a lot of myself and I became known as Medina, the business owner, Medina, the wife, Medina, the mother. But I forgot who Medina was. I didn't know who I was. And at some point, I was like, I have no identity outside of you that is where for me it was like I have to make a different choice the second thing that I've learned and that I'm learning is that healing isn't linear <laughs> healing isn't linear it never has been and it never will be Recognizing that healing is a nonlinear process 
it fosters patience and self-compassion. And when you have this understanding, it allows us to navigate setbacks with resilience, knowing that progress isn't always a straight line, but a continuous journey. And the reason why I bring this up is because there have been multiple points after ending a 13-year relationship where I knew or felt like it was safer for me to go back to that situation than it was for me to continue the path forward. What I will say is immediately after I felt peace. I felt like a calm after the storm and I felt like I was almost waiting to exhale, right? Like I reached that point where I was like, like I could finally breathe. And that felt really good. But now that made it to where I was on a completely new journey now. Like I'm alone. I'm by myself. I'm a single mom now. And yeah, I'm What I do want to say is that we have an incredible co-parenting relationship. So I'm really grateful for that. But I am on this journey where it's just like, you know, I, I have my son, you know, and I'm learning how to survive, so to speak, without without him. And again, when you're with someone for so long, that's all you know. There are many times where I've cried and I've broken down and I'm just like, did I make the right decision? Did I, should I have done this? And you recognize how hard it is. Like no one, not a lot of conversation is built around the journey after you leave, you know, your comfort zone. That's hard. Like whether it's a health journey, whether it's a relationship journey, it is hard. Like when you make up your decision, like this is what I'm going to do, you're starting on a completely different path. And that is very, very difficult because, again, your comfort zone is still right there staring you in the face and you're having to forge through it. You're having to be like, nope, we're not going back to that. We're not going back to that. We're not going back to that. And sometimes it is so, 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 so enticing. And you're just kind of like, oh, I want to just go back because it's safe and I know what to expect. And so now I'm on this journey of the unknown where literally every day I'm having to take it a day at a time. And I don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. There's a lot of days where I'm out here and I'm just like, I don't know, like, but this is what we doing. You know what I'm saying? This this is what I got, you know? And so I say that healing, this this lesson of healing not being linear, it allows me to have self-compassion and not judge myself for the nights that I cry or the moments where things get hard and I'm just like, I wouldn't be going through this if we were still together. You know what I mean? Or the moments where I'm just kind of like, you know, maybe my son is acting a fool and I'm just like, well, he's he's doing this because I tore my family apart. You know, there is a certain level of self-forgiveness and self-compassion that I have for myself because I recognize that I'm on a healing journey. And sometimes there's people in my life that have to point that out and that are just like, it's okay. You're still healing. It's okay to fall apart sometimes. That's part of the healing journey. There's been so many years that I had gone without crying because I was in this mindset of, I got to keep it together. My son is watching me or people are watching me or I got to show up a certain way on social media. I don't have time to cry. I don't have space to cry. I don't have you know, the ability to feel my emotions that are desperately begging for me to release. And so that's why in a lot of these episodes, you know, in some of the interviews that I have or something like that, like, 
I'm crying because for the first time in so many years, I'm allowing myself to feel the feelings. So that way I can unpack all of the emotions that I've suppressed by just being numb for so many years. I hate to interrupt this episode because I know that you are thoroughly enjoying it. But before we continue, I wanted to pop in and share something that is really important. If you're frustrated with living with type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse the root cause of this condition and get the best blood sugar of your life while also restoring your body's ability to tolerate carbs, you're going to need a simplified step-by-step plan of action that'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Not only that, you're also going to need some expert guidance to get you through this journey. Not because you can't do it on your own, but because you might have some questions and some challenges along the way. Dominating Diabetes Academy is a program that I designed to help you naturally balance your blood sugar while lowering your A1C and eliminating the need for diabetes medications. On top of that, I want you to be able to confidently take charge of your health in as little as 10 weeks. Inside DDA, you're gonna be immersed in a world where food becomes your medicine, your energy level is restored, and unstable blood sugar levels become a distant memory. To learn more about Dominating Diabetes Academy, make sure you check out the link inside the show notes and get started on your plan towards optimal health today. Now, without further ado, let's get back into today's episode. The third thing that I've learned (laughs) is that when you ask for something, the universe hears you. So you better be sure (laughs) that that is what you really want. I'm laughing because, again, I think so many times we go through life and we're just like, if I could just get to this point or we're just like, all I want is to be happy or all I want is this, all I want is that, if I could just have this, that, and the other. And we're saying this to ourselves, whether it's internally or we're speaking it. And so I found myself a lot of times saying, you know, I just want to be happy. 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 And not realizing that, again, the power of intention is so profound. (laughs) The power of intention is so, so, so profound, profound. And I didn't realize that every time I would speak that or every time I would think that or every time I would get to the place where I'm just like, I just want to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just I just want to be happy. I was kind of putting that intention into the universe until the universe responded. You know, it was like, all right, okay, you want happiness? This is what you need to do. And until you do it, I'm going to make it so uncomfortable for you to where you have no other choice than to cut this cord, set this boundary in this relationship, have this conversation, whatever to free yourself and bring yourself into a new reality. Like I was saying certain things for years and years and years and saying, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. And it was like, all right, if you want it, this is how you get it. And then it became, this is your choice. What are you going to do about it? So that's why I say, it's just like, when you ask for something, like be mindful, like this is, this is such a, um, a lesson, right? Where it's like, You have to start bringing awareness to the things that you're saying, whether it's good or bad, because when you speak, you're putting that intention into the universe. You know what I mean? Again, that's why I was saying whether it's good or bad for me, it was like, I just want to be happy. I want to know who I am. I want to, you know, get back to me. I'm, I'm craving. I remember one of the things I said, I was like, I'm craving singlehood. 
I wanted to be, I need singlehood so that way I could be alone with myself and find myself and discover who it is that I am at this point in my life. I was craving it. But sometimes we go through our lives and we're saying things like, you know, we're, we're casting spells. We're casting spells when we say I'm miserable or I'm too this, I'm too that. You know, the things that we say where we kind of like pick ourselves apart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm unattractive. I'm not worthy of this. Whether again, whether we're thinking it or we're saying it out loud, either way, you're casting. You know, you're putting that intention into the universe, and so you have to be really careful with the things that you're asking for, and making sure that that's what you really want, because you're going to reach a place where it's like, okay, I hear you. This is what you're saying. I'm gonna make it uncomfortable. I'm gonna make it real uncomfortable, and that is what had to happen in order for me to cut that cord. And by but but. By doing that, when I tell you, it has unlocked a level of not just clarity, but opportunity of wealth, (laughs) of growth, of success that I would not have experienced. I would not be experiencing it now had I stayed in that situation. And that's not a reflection of my partner. That's just the reflection of where I was in my life. Like sometimes we keep ourselves stuck. We keep ourselves in situations that we really are desperate to get out of, but it requires for us to make a decision and stick with that decision, no matter how scary it is, right? The fourth thing that I've learned by ending my 13-year relationship was Oh, this is probably, I think these last two are probably the biggest, but the fourth thing is that self-love is a radical act that requires for you to be unliked and misunderstood while at the same time being secretly admired. Embracing self-love requires defying societal norms and expectations and it's a radical act that liberates us from external judgments whether that be from friends or family or co-workers or whatever but it allows you to stand in your truth and be misunderstood while people secretly admire you for your authenticity when i decided because i did not tell anybody I didn't tell anybody. When I ended my relationship, I didn't tell anybody. It was personal. It was a secret. I'm just now putting this out into the open on all podcasting platforms for people to hear this very vulnerable truth. No one is shouting from the rooftops that they broke their family apart and, you know what I'm saying, completely damaged individuals in the process. I'm not celebrating that and no one is announcing that, but that's the reality of it. And so what I did get to the point where there were a select few people in my life that I decided to share that with, there definitely was judgment and I definitely was misunderstood. And I was questioned about, are you sure that it can't be, you know, Fixed. Are you sure that this is what you want to do? And what about your son? And how is it going to impact him? And, you know, this is a good person and you need him in your life and all, all kinds of different things. 
were thrown at me. And I felt very judged and very misunderstood, even though there were definitely on the opposite end of that people that were in my corner that while they did not understand, they still supported me and they still wanted the best for me. You know what I mean? So no one tells you that when you choose yourself, that it's going to come with a lot of being unliked. It's going to come with a lot of judgment. It's going to come with a lot of like, how dare you? How dare you choose? (laughs) How dare you choose you? How dare you make a decision for your life (laughs) that's going to make you happy? You know, because again, on the outside looking in, we looked so happy. We looked so free. Like at this point, you know, we had uh, gotten rid of the house that we had and we were you know, full-time RVers and we're traveling all over the place. We're posting about living in Mexico and we're, you know, we're doing all the things and it looks so good on paper, but it's like, unless you are in the shoes of the people that are actually in the journey, all you're seeing is the highlight reel. And so standing on self-love and choosing myself and even deciding to wake up every day and still choose me And even though, you know, there is this desire in my heart of like, I want to be loved again and I want to be in a relationship again and I want to be accepted and I miss affection and I'm lonely and I'm all these kinds of things. Yeah, that comes with the territory. But I still choose me every time. And I recognize that there's a certain level of healing and there's a lot of things that I'm unpacking at this point in my life that I need to address so that when I do get into my next relationship, because my heart is still open for that. I am so grateful that I am not damaged um, or bitter or insecure or any of those things by ending this relationship. I recognize that I am definitely healing and there's a lot of things that I have to overcome before I'm ready for my next relationship. And that's why this self-love journey And this self-discovery journey is so important to me because like I said, I got to the point where I lost myself. I didn't have an identity outside of my relationship. And so in my next relationship, I want to know who I am and I want to be able to stand strong on this so that I can say, this is what I desire in a relationship. This is the freedom that I desire. This is the affection that I desire. These are the things that I want to have. And these are the things that I want to accomplish. And You know, I want to be able to get into my next relationship, not having this codependency thing going on, but being able to be so secure in myself and he be so secure in himself that when we decide to share in our journeys together, we both recognize that, yes, we are on very individual journeys and we're still growing as individuals, but we want to share this journey together. And I want to uplift you and you are going to uplift me and I'm going to encourage your growth and you're going to encourage my growth. And we are going to be able to communicate in a healthy way to where we are both continuing on our journeys together. You know what I mean? I'm going to be able to hold you accountable. You're going to be able to hold me accountable. And again, that was something that we had lost sight of in our marriage. So this self-love, this radical act, it's going to be misunderstood by a lot of people. A lot of people are not going to understand what you're doing when you decide to make a decision about your life, especially if 
the person benefiting off of your lack of boundaries or, you know, you not choosing yourself, they're going to be hindered. You know what I mean? They're going to have a problem with it, obviously. But if you're asking my opinion, I choose you, <laughs> choose you. I would continue to choose me time and time again, as scary as this journey is. I would continue to choose me every single time. The fifth thing, which is probably the most important lesson that I've learned and am learning is your why is the most important detail that will make the difference between you staying in the reality that you hate and walking into the reality where you are your healthiest, happiest, most healed version of you. Clearly defining your why acts as sort of like a guiding star on your journey. It propels you beyond the undesirable present into the future where your health and your happiness and your healing converge. It is the anchor for your purpose and it makes the difference between enduring an unwanted reality and stepping into your fullest potential. And in hindsight, when I go back and I think about my why and what was the catalyst behind me having the courage to step into the unknown and choose me and live this now current reality where I am strong enough to take each day as it comes and face each triumph and tribulation, no matter how uncertain. My why goes back to my son. I think about my intention behind this phenomenal human being that I am raising. And I know for me, when I sat down with myself and I was like, you know what, can I do this? Can I do this? And what will it mean for him if I do this? I thought about my son and I thought about if my son were to ever come to me and be in a situation where he's truly unhappy. I would never, ever, ever want him to stay in that situation. I would never want that for him. I would never want him to stay in a situation where he's unhappy because he has a child or because that's expected of him or because I or his father make him feel like that's his only choice or that's the best decision that he's made for his life. If he is in a situation that is no longer serving him, I would hope that he have the courage and the strength to say, this is no longer serving me and I'm choosing to choose again and start again and create a different reality. That was my why. That gave me the courage and that continues to give me the courage to wake up every day and go out into this world and be great. Because number one, I know my son is watching me. And number two, I hope that when he looks back on his life and our lives together, he can say, my mom did everything in her power to create the life for herself that she felt was worthy of living regardless of how it impacted the other people, knowing that I did it with the best of intentions. But my son deserves to have a mom that is happy and healthy and thriving 
And because I know he is so intuitive and because I know he's my one and only son, he has seen me through so many phases of my life. He saw me at my rock bottom. He saw me laying in the fetal position, crying myself to sleep. He saw all of that, no matter how much I tried to hide it, there became a point where I couldn't anymore. That he saw me where he was the one that was wiping my tears away, telling me, mommy, it's going to be okay. And he still sees some of that now, but he's also seeing the other side of the spectrum where he's like, mommy, I'm so happy and I'm so proud of you. And mommy, we're going to have a house one day and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm so proud that he gets to witness my evolution because it is bigger than just me. It's bigger than just me. It's always been bigger than just me, whether it's me helping people reverse diabetes or it's me on my personal journey or the conversations that I'm having or people that never say anything but are watching me from afar. I know that my journey and my story is important. It is so, so, so important. And so I'm going to continue on this journey. I'm going to continue showing up. I'm going to continue showing me. I'm going choosing me. I'm going to continue to share and be vulnerable with you guys about the things that I'm learning because I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. But when I tell you that healing is so incredible, it's incredible. It is so, so, so incredible, whether it's a health journey or something else. It's so incredible and it is so worth it. And if you're in a place right now where you just feel stuck between a rock and a hard place, I want to encourage you to choose you. Just choose you. Choose you, whatever that means, without considering anyone else's perspective, without considering anyone else's voice, without considering any of the roles that you currently play in your life. I want you to think about what is going to make you the happiest and healthiest version of you. And I want you to consider your why. I want you to sit down with yourself and ask, why? Why do you need to do this? Why do you want to do this? What will it mean for you to reverse diabetes? Or what will it mean for you to discover your favorite color <laughs> or the things that you like to do or not like to do or whatever? This healing journey is for you. And diabetes is just a catalyst. Um, and it's an invitation for you to embark on this journey. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. I love you. I want to encourage you to keep choosing you, keep showing up for you. And I'll see you next week. I hate to interrupt this episode because I know that you are thoroughly enjoying it. But before we continue, I wanted to pop in and share something that is really important. If you're frustrated with living with type 2 diabetes and you want to reverse the root cause of this condition and get the best blood sugar of your life while also restoring your body's ability to tolerate carbs, you're going to need a simplified step-by-step -step plan of action that'll take you from where you are now to where you want to be. Not only that, you're also going to need some expert guidance to get you through this journey. Not because you can't do it on your own, but because you might have some questions and some challenges along the way. Dominating Diabetes Academy is a program that I designed to help you naturally balance your blood sugar while lowering your A1C and eliminating the need for diabetes medications. 
On top of that, I want you to be able to confidently take charge of your health in as little as 10 weeks. Inside DDA, you're going to be immersed in a world where food becomes your medicine, your energy level is restored, and unstable blood sugar levels become a distant memory. To learn more about Dominating Diabetes Academy, make sure you check out the link inside the show notes and get started on your plan towards optimal health today. Now, without further ado, let's get back into today's episode. 